Welcome, everyone. Hey, thank you, Pastor Bonnie, Leah, Gianna, Jeremy, Pastor Matt. You, you guys did an awesome job today in worship. And a, a big shout out to Pastor Jamal and Pastor Todd. Uh, you guys are awesome. We are so blessed with such a tremendous staff. To God be the glory. In preparing for Pentecost Sunday, next Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, we'll be out in the parking lot. Uh, at 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service, you've received some of the information already. And we are looking forward to having a live service that will also be live streamed. So if you're not able to make it to the parking lot service next week at 9 or 11, we will still live stream it on Facebook. And then you can also see it on YouTube and also on our website. In preparing for Pentecost Sunday... This coming Friday, from 6 until 4, we are going to open up the sanctuary for prayer. Now, we have to adhere to the guidelines that have been set before us by having no more than 10 people. But wouldn't that be a great problem? Wouldn't you love to come to pray and find 10 people in the sanctuary already praying? And if you do, what we ask is that you just wait outside like you do at Walmart or like you do at Home Depot and you wait for someone to leave and then come in. So this Friday from 6 until 4, our church doors will be open for prayer in preparation for Pentecost. Now, last week, we started to prepare for Pentecost by taking a look at Acts chapter 1. And we got through the first 11 verses where Luke lays out the theme for the book of Acts. And we talked about the importance of his work, the importance of his word, and the importance of his witnesses. Today, we start with Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Now, thinking about the context this is how I want you to view this. I want you to view this passage as it comes right before Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. I, I want to look at this as spring training. The disciples have been with Jesus for three years now, and they're about ready to enter into a new season. I always remember, I used to hate the first couple weeks at soccer practice. Why? All we wanted to do was scrimmage. All we wanted to do was play soccer. Those first two weeks, we always went over the basics. It was always drills. It was always trapping, passing, ball control. And it was just reminding us of the fundamental skills of soccer. Well, I believe right before Pentecost, the Lord is reminding his followers of the basic skills for this new season. Listen to verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Basic skill number one, make sure you carry out the Lord's command. Make sure you carry out the Lord's command. In order to understand their obedience, in verse 4, the Lord told them not to leave Jerusalem until the gift the Father promised had come. Now, why were they reminded to not, relieve, not to leave Jerusalem? Because the preceding verse, verse 11, addressed them as men of Galilee. I'm sure there was this temptation to want to go home. 
But the Lord reminded them, do not leave Jerusalem. Why? Because he did not want them to miss what was going to take place. He wanted them to be recipients of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Also, the Lord knew that Jerusalem would be filled with thousands and thousands of people. And what an awesome opportunity for his apostles to be able to be witnesses to that great crowd. And there, as you read, as you know, on the day of Pentecost, Peter addressed the crowd and 3,000 people believed in the good word, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. How important it is that we remind ourselves of the basic skills to obey the Lord's command. In fact, Jesus himself said in John 14, 15, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Principle, basic skill, number one, training camp, spring training camp. Make sure you carry out the commands of God. Number two, pray with passion. It says this in verse 14, they, who is they? All those who are mentioned in verse 13. They all join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, I just want you to note three things here in this verse 14. That word constantly. In the King James, it says they continued. In, in the Greek, it literally means to persevere. It means diligence. It means faithful. It means to adhere to. Not to give up. They were consistent in their prayer. They prayed for the promise that God promised to bestow upon them. And they were not going to give up until they received the promise of the Father. It says that they joined together. There was a cooperation in the King James, it says they were in one accord. Now, it also says that there were about 120. Now, you can't tell me when it, when it says they were in one accord, that doesn't mean they agreed on everything. That doesn't mean all 120 liked tuna fish sandwiches. I'm sure there were some who liked peanut butter and jelly. And I'm sure there were some who would prefer bologna and cheese. I'm sure out of that 120, there'd probably be, if they were in a pandemic, 80 of them would be wearing their masks and 40 weren't. But when it came to the thing that united them, when it came to the cause of Christ, they were united despite their personal preferences. As I said Sunday night, what unites us must be greater than what divides us. There was this cooperation as they prayed uh, with a fervency with a passion, with diligence. And then that word prayer gives us a little of the content. That word prayer in the Greek literally means just asking. But, but the word means more than just asking because it gives us a word picture. The, the word prayer means 
that they had bowed to give honor and glory and praise to God. That word bow means that they drew, wanted to draw closer in worship. That word bow means they bowed before him in reverence. That word bow, they prayed, means that they submitted their wills to his. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So when they prayed, it was an act of submission. So here in spring training, before a new season unfolds, they were reminded to carry out the Lord's commands. They were reminded to pray passionately and submit their wills to his. Third, they were reminded, believe the Bible. Now, in these next six verses, there's so much I can say, but I want to focus in on verse 16. Peter stood and he addressed 120. Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. Evidently, maybe there was a little discussion about Judas and, and Peter reminded them, hey guys, we, we got to remember God's word. We, we have to have confidence in God's word. We have to believe God's word. For remember what David said. Peter reminds them in verse 20 what, what, what David said. As it is written in the book of Psalms, Psalm 69, 20. Psalm 69, 25, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. And then from Psalms 109, verse 8, may another take his place of leadership. A thousand years before Jesus was even born, David wrote prophecy about what was to take place. In fact, in, in Psalms, 40, uh, in Psalms 41.9, David prophesied again about Judas, where David says, Even my close friend, whom I trusted, who shared my bread, has lifted his heel up against me. And Zechariah, 500 years before Jesus was born, in Zechariah 11, 12 says, I told them, if you think it's best, give me my pay. But if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. These words, these prophecies were fulfilled before their very eyes, as well as hundreds of other prophecies, which reminds us that there is no other book like the Bible. For it proves God's miraculous, inspired, infallible word we can rely on as we see all these things which were prophesied and the very fulfillment of them. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit inspired men to write long ago things that they didn't even know would happen 
and to see the very fulfillment of them take place. So in this spring training camp, before this new season, they're reminded of make sure of the basics, of those basic skills. Make sure you carry out the Lord's commands. Make sure you pray with passion. Make sure we believe God's word. Fourth, he reminds them, hey guys, this job is bigger than just 120 of you. You're going to need to enlist and equip others. Coming down here to the second part of verse 20. May others take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us from the whole time. The Lord Jesus went in and out among us. So now they, it was time to replace Judas. I'm reminded that one of the responsibilities of the church, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, is that we are to prepare. Other translations say we are to equip. We are to prepare and equip God's people for works of service. Hey, for such a time as this, do you realize that just this coming Sunday with our parking lot service, we're going to need two parking lot teams. We're going to need two hospitality teams. Pastor Jamal was talking now with the permission of doing outside services. He, he wants to host a Wednesday night youth service. So, so now we need more media team members. We, we, we can't just rely on one person to set up the sound system all the time. So we, we want to encourage you, as, as, as we get back into church, in between the two services, we're going to need a turnover team. And also what this pandemic has brought is we, we really have another campus. That's our online campus. People who view us, we want to continue to live stream. So we're going to need a media team. We're going to need someone to host uh, our, our live streaming as well. Uh, it was right before the pandemic, right before the quarantine, that we were equipping small group leaders. We were just about ready to launch our small groups. And then the quarantine. Well, hopefully in September, we're going to be able to launch our small groups where we're all hands on board. I think it's really cool. In spring training, right before a new season, the Lord reminds his followers, guys, you're going to have to enlist and you're going to have to equip a lot more workers. And then last, he reminds them that you have to accept the Lord's assignment. You have to accept the Lord's assignment. Listen to verse 23. So they proposed two men. Joseph, called Barsabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Now, what's kind of interesting is Matthias means gift of Jehovah. Justice means righteous. Boy, there's a tough vote. Who are you going to vote for? Righteous or the gift of Jehovah? <laughs> so what do they do? They prayed. Lord, you know everyone's heart. 
Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they drew lots, and the lots fell on Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Now I know exactly what you're thinking. Well, what about Joseph? He, he, was, not, he, he was not just picked last. He, he wasn't even picked. You know what's kind of interesting? I thought to myself, what about Joseph? What happened to him? And then, all of a sudden, as I'm thinking about Joseph, my mind thought about Matthias. Do you realize after his election, the New Testament doesn't tell us any more about him? What about him? Well, tradition has it that some think he went to Judah and preached and there was stoned to death by Jews. There's another tradition that says he went to Ethiopia and was martyred by crucifixion. All I know is God chose the right man at the right time for the right job. And I have to believe that Matthias and Joseph just went on serving the Lord with what assignment the Lord gave them to do. Now listen, where do we get in trouble? We always get in trouble when we try to take on an assignment the Lord hasn't given us to do. In this basic training, summer camp, right before this new season, the Lord reminds his followers, make sure you work within the lanes I have called you. Make sure you work on the assignment I have given you. In Max Licato's book, When God Whispers Your Name, he, he has this wonderful story about a fella by the name of John Eglin. John Eglin was a tailor, and he was a deacon in his, in his church in Colchester, England. One Sunday in January in 1850, he gets up, and he sees the town covered with snow. He thought for a moment, ah, maybe I, I won't go to church today. But he put on his coat, his hat, his boots. Because he wanted to be faithful to the assignment the Lord had given him as deacon. He walked six miles to church that day. And there he was joined with 13 other people. And of those 13, one was a visitor. The pastor didn't even show up that Sunday. Someone mentioned, well, maybe we should go home. But John had no part of it. He says, I, I came here for a reason. And he looked around and realized he was the only deacon. Now, John had never preached before in his life, but he knew there was a visitor, a young man who was 13 years old, there in church for the first time. What did John do? John arose to his assignment that day. And he preached for the very first time. 
Now the scripture verse he used was Isaiah 45, verse 22. And he read these words. Turn to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. And he stumbled for about 10 minutes. Then he looked at that visitor who was only 13 years old. And he says, young man, you, you need to turn to Jesus. Do you know who that 13-year-old boy was? It was none other than Charles Spurgeon. Who became one of the world's greatest preachers and led thousands to the Lord. How did Charles Spurgeon come to know Jesus Christ? Because of a faithful deacon who rose to the occasion to an assignment the Lord had given. As I close this out, as the Lord is about to begin a new season for his followers, Right before the day of Pentecost, he reminds them, make sure you're faithful to my commands. Make sure you carry out my commands. Make sure you pray with passion. Make sure you believe in God's word. Make sure you enlist and equip more help. And make sure you humbly accept the assignment I give to you. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, I thank you for this reminder from Acts chapter 1. Liking it unto a, a spring training camp. Lord, as they prepare for a new season. And Lord, this week, may we prepare ourselves for Pentecost. Lord, may we remind ourselves how important it is that we carry out your commands. How important it is we pray with passion. How important it is we believe and stand on your word. How important it is that we enlist and equip more helpers. And how important it is that we avail ourselves to the assignment you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, before you leave, there's instructions on a connection card. If, if, if you just want to be part of a parking lot team or, or a hospitality team or a turnover team or a new media team or a host, uh, we would just love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, you can, you can fill that on a connection card. All I know is, hey, remember this coming Friday, from 6 to 4, the doors will be open of our sanctuary to pray as we prepare for Pentecost. Next Sunday, we'll meet you out in the parking lot for a live service at 9 and 11. God bless you and make this a week when we prepare for Pentecost. God bless you.